Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Okay. Well, you guys ready to get started then? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. Let's, uh, let's do it. You know, a lot of people have complained about our intro, so we're going to go with a nice short intro today. So be ready, Matt. <laughs> okay. Section 336, Matt, Josh, and Bird are at the game, sitting behind home plate. Let's go O's! Section 336. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. <laughs> Baltimore fans, the sports fans. Yeah, fine. I, I get it. Nineteen seconds. Congratulations. 19 seconds. Everyone complained about two minutes. I went short. Next week it might be nine seconds. Yeah, I think people will still complain about nineteen seconds. Uh, I'm the Indian Center, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined uh, by the zany Burt Rody. What's up, three three sixers? And the button lover Josh Sroka. Uh, you still got sound coming out of your your uh, computer, don't you? If you took your headphones yeah. out of your ears, you could hear me. Because we can all hear, <laughs> hear your feedback. But it's all right. We can do it as long as it doesn't annoy you. I mean, the rest uh, of I mean, it does, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll go on. I mean, it, it annoys me, but I'll still do the show. I was just going to be irritated the whole show. That's fine. You want to take a moment to figure it out? I can edit this out. Okay. Um, I, I just don't know what to do about it. Like, what would I do? I don't know. I've never been on that side of email. Are you wait? So if you're you're hearing me out of your headphones or out of your computer, out of the headphones or out of the computer, yeah, out of the headphones. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, you know what? Then it's uh, it's probably maybe it's on Bert's end. Bert, are you? Am I coming out of the headphones or out of your computer? Nope, there any the only sound is coming through my computer. All right. I mean through my headphones, headphones. From your headphone headphones. Alright. Then I don't know what's going on with Matt's audio. It's only Matt's audio notice that bounces back. Is that any better right now? No. No, it's worse. No. It's alright. Let's just do the podcast. I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about because everything sounds perfectly crystal clear to me. And hopefully it does to the listener and people on Facebook. <laughs> I'm hearing uh, Matt, real quietly in the background, it's like Silas has learned to talk and is just repeating Matt. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. I hear that voice in my head all the time. So, um, but it, like I said, I ripped out the new, I bought it, Mandy got me a new board for uh, the studio for my birthday. And it was great and hooked it up. We tested it out. It was working great. We went to do the um, our Loop League picks. And the board mm -hmm. crapped and didn't work. So I had to rip it apart, bypass it. So I thought I got it all working for tonight. And two minutes before we went on the show, I ripped it out again. And it's going back to the uh, to B&H. It's not going to live in here because it doesn't work whenever we try to do this uh, remote 
talk, conversation, whatever this is, not Skype, but like Skype. Right. So that's got to go away. But at least that's a little more exciting to talk about than the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to you guys' takes on this. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yet. Uh, personally, I, I liked the game. I enjoyed it. I was entertained. Um, I know a lot of people complain about being boring, but I kind of liked it. I like the low score. I like how every play matters in a low score game. But that's just me. Uh, Bert, could you stay awake through the whole game? Uh, your thoughts on the Super Bowl? I did stay awake the whole game. I disagree. I think it was completely boring. You can say uh, defenses win championships, or you know, if they were, were strong defensive teams, it would be exciting to watch. But there were what uh, one turnover, uh, two turnovers, maybe. Um, part of what makes, yeah. Well, no, there was an interception too. What's his name? Jared Goff oh, right, threw an interception right, right in the game. But I mean, there were no um, no special teams touchdowns, no uh, pick sixes, nothing that uh, sparks a little excitement in a defense heavy game for me. Um, it was a lot of punting, and to me, that's not exciting. That's boring. Um, and a thirteen to three Super Bowl was boring, and I was disappointed. Um, like I said, I didn't care who won, uh, but I would like to see an exciting game. And it was not an exciting game. It's a forgettable game. Uh, it's another Patriots Super Bowl. And uh, this time next year, you're going to have a hard time remembering anything from this game other than it was 13-3 to and boring. Oh, wow. I could not disagree more with Bert's take right there. Uh, Josh, are, are you with now, Are you with Bert here? Yes. This was not a defense wins champion Super Bowl. There was no defense. No. This was this was good schemes on both sides to shut down the other quarterbacks. This was a Todd Gurley who has died and is not the Todd Gurley that we all know. This is a game where the excitement was that the punters, in a game of field position, the punters were getting the ball where they needed to each time. When the highlights of the game come from the punters, it's not a good game. There were no... There was a fun interception at the beginning of the game, an interception at the end of the game. That's the only defense. Uh, some fun, some good sacks, but me, most of the part, it was not a defensive game. It was a boring game. I agree with Josh. The punts, the punts were exciting because they they did keep getting great punts. But that's not saying a lot. That I. I'm used to saying maybe in a Ravens game that the punts were great because Ravens football is typically boring until Lamar Jackson came along. The Super Bowl, come on. I need more than great punts to uh, keep me entertained during a Super Bowl when I have no rooting interests. Oh, wow. Now, I agree with you guys. I thought that the, the uh, special teams play was really good with the, with the punters. Uh, I agree with you. But only uh, the but punters. The field goalers, they were missing field goals. They weren't returning anything big. It's only the punters. Don't give it to special teams. Yeah, I mean, you guys are holding down the popular opinion. I mean, you guys, you're not going to find many people disagree with you, uh, but I'm one of them. I enjoy kind of the low-scoring aspects of a game. It's kind of like in baseball. Like I appreciate a 2-3 to three baseball game. The reason being, if you have like an 11-12 game, someone hits a double, who cares? He'll probably score, but then you think another guy's going to score at, 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 in, in the next inning. With the Super Bowl... Every play, especially when we get to the third and fourth quarter, every play mattered. And I would argue there wasn't some exciting plays, both defensively and like the Gronkowski catch that led to the touchdown. Also some big runs there at the last drive. If you want to compare this to a baseball game, it's not a defensive uh, game where you have this dominant pitcher. Or this dom- it's it's right. It's people going up there and everyone is hitting the ball, but they're hitting it to the first baseman who's then stepping on the bag. It's a boring yeah. game. There's no there was no one that dominated this game. 
Again, Matt, I Matt I'll give you I'll, – I'll agree with you I, in the, in the fourth seen. quarter. The, the only reason it got exciting, the only time it got exciting was in the fourth quarter when the, the time is running out and the game's almost over and somebody has to do something to score some points in this game. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a, a 10-3 to game. And still ended up only thirteen to three, but yeah. still the the uh, the pass to Gronk where he gets it on the one yard line, you know they're going to get it in. Or when it's fourth and an inch, and they have to decide whether to make it a ten point game or to get the first down and end the game that way. Yeah. Either way, they're winning the game. Uh, right. So you know that was a, I'll give them that. Thank you. But for the first the first uh, forty five minutes, uh, fifty even fifty five minutes of the game, it, it, there was nothing to get excited about. I know, and, and, and I know, you know, you kids like the high-scoring affair. And I never said, and Josh keeps a one going to go, like I'm saying the defense is great. I never said the defense is great. All I'm saying is I enjoy a low-scoring game where every single play matters. Now, whether that's because that's bad offense or great defense, um, I like a low-scoring game where every play matters because that Krakowski catch, you know that's the game when it happens. And yeah. I, I like that. That's kind of right. cool. Um, whereas a you know forty five forty two game they're just running back and forth that's kind of silly to me so I, I like the low scoring I think it is memorable because it is low scoring and is it the best Super Bowl ever no obviously not but I also don't th- I didn't think it was a boring terrible Super Bowl either I think it was pretty boring and slow and I get it. <laughs> I normally like low scoring and I like defenses but without it just seemed like dead like no one could do anything. Yeah, I mean, I agree that there was very few, like, huge, exciting plays, um, which is something you look for those memorable catches in the Super Bowl or memorable plays, and it lacked that kind of pizzazz. Uh, But I still enjoyed the game. And it was a little disappointing for me because uh, Jared Goff was one of the uh, best quarterbacks in the NFC all season, and he couldn't do anything. He couldn't get anything going. He looked like Lamar Jackson in our divisional playoff game. He did. It's true. The wild card game. And up until the fourth quarter, Tom Brady didn't look great either. No, I agree. Yeah. But he has an excuse. He's 40-some years old, and he hasn't been a superstar for at least the last few years, but he's got – he leads a good team. Whereas Jared Goff was putting up superstar numbers all year and then just completely fell off on the biggest stage. Yeah, and Tony Roma kept pointing it out, and I don't understand it, how Julian Edelman – it was 10 yards open every time he caught the ball. I don't understand how that works yeah. either. I think it's just because he's guy gets so I think it's a small guy. He can sneak up there. Yeah, people just forgot about him. Yeah. He got lost. Yeah. <laughs> so I did I also... He, he was still suspended. Oh, I know. Uh, so congrats to the PD user, the drug user, for winning the MVP. <laughs> Though, if I was in charge, I would not give him the MVP. He, in my opinion, he, I think he should have been in the third on the list for MVP. Yeah, what are you saying, punters? Bella, it's no, he, Belichick. He's gonna say the runner, Sony Michelle. Right? Can you give it to the? Uh, can you give it to the coach for? Yeah, that would be my first choice. I'm serious. Would be uh, Be- 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 Belichick for the MVP. That would be my first choice. This game, that's what a low scoring game like this with no stellar play on either side of the ball tells me. It's all about coaching. And the second sure. one is if you have such a defensive battle and you hold the team to three points, I think a defensive guy should get it. And so Gilmore uh, had the interception and, and a bunch of pass to flex. So I, I would have yeah. given to Gilmore if, if it was up to me after Belichick. Uh, but I get why Edelman put up a lot of a lot of stats, a lot of uh, catches and yards. So I get it. But I think it should go to a defensive guy when you hold the other team, this powerhouse of three points. 
Yeah, but again, there wasn't much defensive play. It was just meh. No. Uh, but I tell you what wasn't meh, and I think you guys agree with me. This there was some pretty darn good commercials. I jotted a few down. Again, uh, I- impressive about. commercials uh, this Super Bowl round. You must have been really. All right, what were some of your favorites? Okay, I don't know if I can remember one. They were so boring. Are you guys serious? I don't. Think I remember really a lot of them. I, I yeah, remember yeah. some. I don't think they were good. Oh my gosh! I thought I thought they were fantastic. Um, my favorite one. I got a bunch, but my favorite one was the Olay uh, facial recognition, uh, like the killer face or whatever. I don't remember that one. Oh, and, and the Olay, they put on all the moisturizer, and I guess her face looked so good that it wouldn't recognize her face. At the same time, a killer was going, so she couldn't open her phone. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> that was early in the game. Okay, I think you guys didn't watch the game. This is why you guys didn't watch all these good commercials. Um, I liked, I liked the on a lot of levels, a lot of levels, I liked all the Bud Light commercials. Got those. Okay. Um, both because I love how they went right after Miller Light and Coors Light. I like it when people go after their opponents like this. That's a corn syrup by yes. name. Yeah. No one knows what corn syrup is. No one even like cares right. about it. I thought but that no. doesn't matter. Right. I thought corn syrup was in Coke. I don't know what they're talking about. No one does. I had no idea I was supposed to care that – whether or not corn syrup was in my beer, I, and I never cared before, and I, I don't think I care now. I don't think anyone who chooses Bud Light is choosing it for health reasons to begin with, right? Like, no, it doesn't. That that makes no sense. But the fact that they were going right after their opponent, and now because I think Miller Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, to me, that's like it's all the same. But I'll yeah. choose the one without corn syrup for now on. I don't know what that is, but corn syrup. I don't even know if corn syrup is good for you or bad for you. If you would, <laughs> if you would ask me. I, I don't know. Is it good for you? Sure. Why not? It's made Is of corn. It corn. Yeah, it's corn. Is it corn good for you? Yeah. No. I would think so. Who knows? All right. Well, well then drink Miller Light and uh, Coors Light. Okay. The other ones uh, I like. I, I will. I thought the uh, Stella, the Stella Artois. That was good with the dude and uh, Carrie dude. Bradshaw. That was creative. And Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, instead of going yep. with her. Uh, uh, usual drink going with Stella Artois, and then the dude Stella Artois or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. The dude's white clever. Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was clever. What about uh, Josh? I know you appreciated the Walmart commercial with all the cars. I love that one. Oh yeah, that, that was, was my favorite. That was creative too. I like that one. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you guys are turning around on your uh, views of the Super Bowl. Great. Um, I, I I don't know I don't know why I laughed out loud at the avocado commercial where like the humans were on display as the dogs, like the human show with the avocados. I laughed out loud for that one too. I vaguely remember that one. Yeah, I remember okay. it, but no no laughter here. Um, and the best one I thought was the the NFL commercial right at yeah, halftime. That was great. Yeah, the NFL 100. Sure, that was a fun one. Yeah. Good to see Ed uh, Reed in there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, like, everybody. Uh, though I don't know how you use Ed Reed and you don't have him getting an, an interception or a return <laughs> and you're using him as a tackle. Or lateral. Right, right, or lateral. Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that, but, was, that was the other big news this weekend outside of the Super Bowl was Ed Reed. Yeah, hold on. The you guys aren't going to – you guys didn't have any commercials you loved? Uh, I like the Bud Light mixer with uh, HBO for Game of Thrones where they killed the Bud Knight. <laughs> I didn't really get that, to be honest. Like, what are you doing there? I don't know. 
Right. Uh, Stick with one or the other. I don't like when they morph into what about a lot of people liked. I didn't really I like, get this. I didn't think it was funny. A lot of people like the Jason Bateman, but I'm not a huge Jason Bateman guy. I don't even remember seeing Jason. Oh, that's when he goes down in the elevator and he's yeah, like, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, going down and down to like vegan lovers. Vegans are ve- vegan lovers are very upset today about that commercial, by the way. Wow, I didn't even see that. Mm. Uh, I like the Audi electric car. I thought that looked cool. E-tron or something like that. Yeah, some weird name. I thought that looked cool. And I thought the movies looked good. There were some good movie trailers. Oh, I I go to the bathroom during movie trailers. Movie trailers. I'm not in for that. And that uh, Fast and the Furious movie actually looks pretty good. (laughs) Fast and the Furious. The Rock with Jason Statham? Yeah, yeah, where they basically got rid of all the other people and said, here, let's just make one with the stars. What's it, Dodd? Calvin and Hobbes or something like yeah, that. Hobbes, Hobbes and Shaw. Whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, I thought that looked cool. But And then just the Marvel <laughs> stuff, which I like. Yeah, me too. Yes, yeah. That doesn't do anything for me. I'll pass. Uh-huh. Do oh, it like does me? a lot for me. Right. Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you weren't excited to see... I'm like, wearing my Marvel shirt. You weren't excited to see like <laughs> little kid Samuel L. Jackson? Where they have him and he's like a 20-year-old or something in the trailer? They've de-aged him. Yeah, that, I thought that looked pretty cool. I paid zero well, that's attention for, to the trailers. Uh, that's yeah. for Captain Marvel, right. where they're de-aging him. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting to see if that um, special effect can last for a whole movie and it doesn't throw you off of like or look weird or anything, you know? Yeah. yeah, like yeah. At what point do you forget when watching the movie that this is a computer-generated version of younger Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> All right, Josh. They already got my money. money. Before we get to the Ed Reed talk, all right, I I get that you didn't find the Super Bowl super exciting, Uh and I don't understand how you didn't love all the commercials, but whatever. I'll I'll allow it. Halftime show. Josh, tell me you liked the halftime show. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I didn't watch too much of it. I turned the volume down. I had other things to do. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Um, Actually I, actually, I went and watched the busy man over there. I, I went and watched the Big O and Dukes uh, halftime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and did that during my halftime show. This is the biggest concert I of the year. Do their live stream. I, I added one in the background. I don't like Maroon Five. I I thought they did a giant M. Could you get any more boring with your stage setup? Uh, they had uh, what's his name, the rapper, on for about twelve seconds before he was gone. He like drove in, said like one line, and then he was gone. I don't uh, even know how to pronounce that kid's name. Is it Bua? I think it's Boy. I think it's, it's not, Big not Boy. 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 Yes, it's not it is. Big Boy. Big, yeah, it's, it's Big Boy it's, from Outcast. Yeah, it's from Outcast. It's Big that. Boa from Outcast. No. <laughs> so, um, when it comes to music, I'm gonna stye with me and not bird on this I one. Don't, or you just trust me for musical? <laughs> I don't understand the SpongeBob uh, Squirm guy coming. Yeah, I didn't there. get that. Well, like, what's the point of that? Like, at least like it was like a cartoon. Like, if you're gonna want SpongeBob in there, at least do like a dancing shark type thing and put SpongeBob on the stage. I don't or give me Sweet little, Victory from SpongeBob. I don't know what that is. But I don't know I, either, but a lot of people are tweeting know, about it. What I don't want need is like a cartoon of some squid guy saying, "Here's Maroon Five or something. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. And then you had a marching band for about ten seconds and a gospel choir for ten seconds. It was all over the place. None of that matched up with Maroon Five. It's just it didn't work. Give me Bruno Mars, give me Justin Timberlake, 
Uh, give me Beyonce. None of this stuff made sense. Katy Perry. Bruno Mars was great a few years ago. I, think Katie, I liked Katy, Katy Perry. Katy Perry might have been my favorite Super Bowl performance. Yeah, my hers was pretty great. Memory. That might be my favorite. I know um, Adam Levine is everywhere. He's a judge on the, the, the voice. voice. Uh, he's constantly on television. I get that. He's a popular guy, but I don't know anybody who's a Maroon 5 fan. Like, dude, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, uh, it's for younger people, but I don't think I don't no. think millennials are into Maroon 5. No, I think Maroon- half their songs were hits 10 years ago. Right. Maroon 5 is like what plays in the background when you're at Target. That's yeah, kind of. Like, I know. I know they have moves like Jagger. I know that's Maroon 5. That's probably the only song I know by Maroon 5. They got it's getting harder and harder to breathe. That that oh, came out in uh, two thousand four, at least fourteen yeah, years I ago. I didn't know who Adam. Le- I knew Adam Levine was a judge in The Voice. I didn't realize he was in a band called Maroon Five until I started right. watching the Super Bowl. To be honest, yeah, but I don't really follow music all that much. All I know is though. I like I go into the halftime show with no expectations, so I wasn't disappointed. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was bad, it, just because I had no thoughts on the halftime uh-huh. show whatsoever. Why did, why did but it I, disappear? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But what I was hoping for, the only reason I, I even watched the halftime show, is because I liked it when Katy Perry came in on a on a lion, and I was hoping for something like that, or when Lady Gaga like dropped down from right. the the ceiling or whatever. I just yeah. wanted someone to do some kind of crazy stunt or something. I don't care about the music, the song, the voice. Just do something crazy. Yeah. Like come down from the ceiling or, or come and riding on a huge tiger. Or, or, that stuff. They had a, they had all those drones that spelled out the word love. Did you see that? No. Yeah, but maybe notice. if you put like some little people on the drones dancing, like something to like yeah. add a little bit something. of the risk factor. It was just, it was boring. Like the whole game, like the commercials, even the halftime show was just—it was just boring and nothing exciting for what's supposed to be the biggest concert of the year. Yeah, I mean, I was okay with. I'm not. I wasn't like. I was went on Twitter just because I was curious to see what people were saying because I don't know how to feel about music at all. So I just listen to what everyone else says. But um, people were angry about it. I'm like, dude, like it's just a concert at a football game. Chill. It's not that serious. But that. But I don't know. I'm not invested. Overall, altogether, the game, the commercials, the halftime show, there there were a few memorable spots to it. But overall, it didn't live up to the Super Bowl hype uh, for in, in any of those three factors, in my opinion. I'm used to an exciting night where crazy things are going to happen, exciting game, uh, a wow factor in the halftime show and some commercials that make you laugh out loud. Like I said, there were a couple of high points, but other than that, the overall night was kind of a dud and I'll look forward to next year. Hopefully it's better. Well, I, I think the most disappointing thing that happened was even before the Super Bowl, the fact that St. Louis was in the game and not New Orleans. I think the game would have been a lot better if the Saints were in there. It would have been closer to, to Atlanta, a lot more Saints fans, and just it would have been a, a Certainly, a better football game. And, You're not you know, alone I there. The, yeah, I, I right. think uh, the NFL missed out. That missed call really cost. Uh, I think a better game and that was more entertaining call. week. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, that was the sentiment among all the people I was watching the game with. How much the first half alone would have been more exciting to see Drew Brees out there. Uh, oh yeah, throwing, throwing some passes and Alvin Kamara juking some people. Up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And instead of watching Todd Gurley on a bicycle. 
But it kind of fit with this whole playoffs this year. We're not exciting playoffs. There was maybe one or two exciting games, and then we got to a Super Bowl with one or two exciting plays. So I don't know. That's it. It's going to be easily forgotten, and we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's memorable in the sense that how many of these does Tom Brady and Belichick have left in them? You would think not very many, but who knows the way they're – I mean, Bel- uh, Tom Brady did this with, like, no one on offense. So if they get a yeah. receiver in there, it's kind of impressive. Uh, right. But we and also- it's, not the first time, it's not the first time he's done it with nobody on offense either. You know, it's, yeah. there's something about him. Uh, he can carry whatever wide receivers or running backs they give him. They seem to be different every year, except for the exception of, like, an Edelman uh, who still or, or Gronk, who can't even play a whole season. But the, the consistent – is the constant is Tom Brady's going to be in the AFC Championship every year, and more often than not, he wins the AFC Championship game and appears in the Super Bowl, regardless of who the supporting cast is. Yeah, but I'd be curious to see if that's true going forward because there's a changing in the guard, right? We saw it this year with Patrick Mahomes, uh, mm-hmm. we, we, with, with Golf, uh, mm-hmm. maybe even, dare I say, Lamar Jackson. Um, there seems to be this crop of young quarterbacks ready to push out the Flacco's, the Brady's, the Rogers, and certainly the, uh, Brady's ahead of that. The problem with that, though, is the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins are still not going to pose a threat to the Patriots winning the AFC East right. again I next know. year. It's a joke so division. Yeah, the, yeah, they'll be in it again next year. Yeah, that's true. In the playoffs, at least, until somebody can knock them out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. All right, want to get to some other stuff. Uh, Josh, you, you mentioned the Ed Reed stuff. Right. So uh, I, I think we all saw that coming, but I, but now it's official. It yeah. took, what, two minutes and 20 seconds for them to vote on Ed Reed uh, <laughs> getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, I mean, that's probably just the minimum for it to go around the room and everyone say yay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a foregone conclusion, obviously. Yeah, Ed Reed was my favorite player growing up. Um, he is, he's the kind of guy that like Ray Lewis was always great, but Ed Reed was the kind of guy who he was like the best offensive player you'll ever see on defense, right? Like sure. he was, he's the kind of guy that could, and you know, this Ravens team that we're watching this past year, right? We talked about how good the defense is. Um, but what they were missing, um, is they were missing a guy who could single-handedly change the outcome of a game on defense. There's no yep. Ed Reeds walking through the doors uh, uh, of, of, of MNT Bank Stadium. And I'm mean, just so exciting, Ed Reed, whether it's returning punts or whether it's taking an interception and return to the house or the laterals. And then there's all these stories about, like, my favorite one is about how he played a play wrong the entire season, just so when he faced Peyton Manning, he would trick him and play the play right, and uh, and right. he ended up getting an interception. I don't know if that that story is true or not, right. but that's it's still the, cool. That's this is what happens when you have great points, players. Yeah. Mythology kind of grows out of, of great players. Um, so I, I mean, just I miss Ed Reed so much. <laughs> he was so fantastic to watch. Go, everyone should have, go right now. Watch some highlights of Ed Reed. It's amazing. And we have lots of footage, like other teams, coaches, quarterbacks. They've been interviewed about asked about Ed Reed. So, like, we have players saying on the record or mic'd up on the sideline, the opposing head coach is saying, don't throw it in Reed's direction. Don't throw it in Reed's direction. And then the quarterback does, and Reed takes it to the house the opposite direction. Uh, It's really cool 
in real time when those things were happening while he was a player on the team, uh, hearing how respected or feared he was by the opposing offenses, that they constantly had to know where he was and what he was doing. And if they didn't, they found out real quick where he was because it was coming right back towards them. Yeah, and against not just against like slups, but Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, right? Sure. That, um, he would he would he would have some fun with them, and those quarterbacks both knew and, and feared Ed Reed. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it uh, it 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 seeing uh, they were tweeting out pictures. The Ravens were tweeting out pictures of Ray Lewis in his gold blazer and Ogden in his gold blazer, and soon enough, uh, Ed Reed is going to join them in that photo, but. Uh, Thinking about how special those years were, I I felt like I was kind of taking it for granted looking back on it. There, three great players of that caliber are never going to be on the same Ravens team together again. Let alone, especially the defense with two on defense, Ray Lewis, yeah. the middle linebacker, and Ed Reed playing in the secondary behind him. <sighs> we'll be telling telling our grandkids that we got to go to those games. Yeah, sure. that's true. I mean, what other scenario can you have? Uh... I mean, it's just it's, it's it's incredible, and it's a testament to uh, to the Ravens for getting those guys to Ozzy Ozzy Newsome um, for those early drafts when the Ravens first got here. Um, yeah. But you're right; it, it's hard to imagine that ever happening again. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. All right. Um, do you guys want to get to some Orioles talk? It is a pitchers and catchers report in eight days. Just over a week until we get to fully get into uh, uh, how fat is uh, Dylan Bundy, who comes into camp with a beard, and uh, what did Hunter Harvey do to hurt himself this time? And and do they let Chris Tillman just come just to be nice? (laughs) Chris Tillman's just fishing in the pond. We'll have pictures of him. He's not on a team, but he's fishing. (laughs) So um, I'm borrowing some questions from Mass and Sports. Um, it's called Pre-Spring Training Edition, 10 Questions for O's Fans by Steve Malawuski. And so um, I wanted to <laughs> – I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> Malawuski. I just like to have fun with his name. All right. Okay. <laughs> Malawuski. No, it's from, from, uh, Steve Malawuski. Um, and so I want to get your, I think these are 10 really good questions. I want to get your takes. All right. Okay. Number one, which player will make the most starts at catcher for the Orioles in the 2019 season or at, yeah. is this a, sorry, this is a season out of spring training. No, no, no. I'm talking about the season. Uh, so you have, um, Austin wins. You have Austin wins. You have the the new guy, um, Jesus Sakura or something. Yeah, he's supposed to be like a veteran. Yeah, he's he's like your Caleb Joseph, right? Or is uh, a Chance Cisco a possibility? Yeah, I mean Chance Cisco is on the forty man. Um, I I think Austin wins right now. If you penciled in like the starters, it would be Austin wins, then Chance Cisco, then Jesus Sakura. I think is how as the depth chart would look right now. I think. I'll go with that. <laughs> so you say Austin wins with the most starts? Sure. What what you said. Right. I think that's what I went with, too. 
All right, I would, I would actually go with Chance Disco getting the most starts. I think Austin oh, Limbs will be Change the... it up on me. <laughs> no, I, I said right now that's what the depth chart will look like. And I think Austin oh, Limbs okay, will, okay. will start the season. But I think at some point, Chance Disco takes over at the start, as a starting catcher. I would like so the to way, see that happen. The way Chance Disco played last year, who knows? Probably yeah, he's, he's got to turn something around. But I would like to see him turn it around. I mean, that's what he's here for. Yeah. Number two, which player will make the most starts at lead as a leadoff hitter? Uh, I would say Cedric Mullins, right? Is that the dumb um, answer? I mean, that's the only one that kind of makes sense. Other than that, we don't really know, guys. Some other options could be Jonathan VR, um, okay. Trey Mancini, perhaps. Uh, we don't. I don't know. We don't know how Brandon Hyde like how much he adjusts his lineup if he. If he's like Buck, where he's going to choose one lineup and just ride it, it, we don't really know. It's this year is such an experiment that I don't think even picking like guy like Cedric Mullins is a clear pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, did did they or did they not say something a fan fest about how speed is going to be something this team hasn't had before, but they're going to make that more of an issue? Like this, this is a regime taking over for a franchise that literally stole what like less than 10 bases last year or 20. I mean, they're not a space-stealing team. So if they were to put somebody in the leadoff spot, does that all of a sudden mean that we're you know uh, going to be more of a stealing team? I don't know. I, I would like to see that happen, but I think whoever's batting leadoff uh, might help show us uh, that that could be a direction they're headed. Right. I think Trey Mancini is the answer I'm going with. Okay. Um, number three, who will make more O's starts this year? Austin Hayes or DJ Stewart? Uh, I'm going to say DJ Stewart. And I'm going to say Austin Hayes. Just because we've seen Austin Hayes come up to the majors. We haven't seen DJ Stewart yet. So. Yes, we have. Yeah, he, he was up right. the majors. He played last year. year. All right, he was up yeah. for a week. No, he was up for more than a week. I was there the day he hit his first home run. All right, fine. It That's why depends. I'm picking my friend of the show, DJ Stewart. It all depends if you got <laughs> if we got to keep Trey Mancini in the outfield, or if we find a way to get Trey into first base. Yeah, I would say that DJ Stewart has a better chance of being on the opening day roster just because Austin Hayes has injuries last year. So I want to. Well, I think you want to see is Austin Hayes fully recovered from all his injuries, and you know, d- d- does he still have it? So I imagine DJ Stewart could, would start the season and would get more playing time in the beginning of the season. And then kind of depending on how Austin Hayes plays in the minors will determine how fast he comes up. Um, but the head start, I think, will go to DJ Stewart. So that's why I would say DJ Stewart. Um, next question. Over or under Chris Davis home runs? 25. Uh, I, I, I'll go against my gut and try and be positive and say over. Over. <laughs> All right, Josh. Over under Chris Davis, twenty five home runs. Oh, over. I think the, I think Chris Davis has a bounce back year. Okay, I say under. I don't, know, I don't know what we do if he doesn't. So I'm going to say over. I tell you what, we're not going to do if he doesn't. He, uh, I don't think Brendan Hyde's going to still stick him in the five hole for the entire season if he doesn't. I think if he's off to a rough start, he hits the pine, and that's why I'm saying under twenty five home runs. I think. Okay. I think we have serious conversations about Chris Davis retiring if he doesn't turn it around this year. And, uh, retiring? Retiring. And, like, not taking the money or, like, cutting him? 
no, like like he retires. Does he still get paid? I think he still gets paid. I don't know how that'll work. Is that like one of those A-Rod retirements where they just give him a job, a quote-unquote job, uh, so he, they don't have to pay, play him anymore, but he still gets paid? I mean, I just look at when you're trying to do this rebuild thing. Uh, at what point is Chris Davis on your just having a slot on your bench just a waste? And maybe it is a cut. Uh, but it could also be a, I am so embarrassed by what I'm performing that I am retiring. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened with A-Rod. Like he was a drain on that team at the end for the Yankees. He wasn't any good, but they were still having to pay him. So they were still having to play him and they came up with a creative way of just getting rid of him. I don't think he wanted to retire. You know, he gave that press conference, A-Rod did, you know, where you could tell in his face, like he, they're, they're kind of making me do this. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to do it, but I have to do it. I don't know. I, I, I. Because he was saying, I want to retire as he shook his head. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. It was it was very similar to the I'm not taking steroids conversations he had. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just look at Chris Davis and him saying like how last year it was an embarrassment. It won't happen again. How uh, he was worn out by the end of the season from the just the whole stress of this and how I can't go through that again. And I just see that and I'm like. If you don't turn it around, what does this mean? I try to I try to put myself in Chris Davis's shoes and imagine if if I sucked at my job for a whole year straight and then I came back and I still sucked and couldn't do it. What do I do? I don't know. Well, I think a difference between the A-Rod situation and Chris Davis situation is the Yankees are trying to win at the time and so they were trying to push him out. The Orioles really don't aren't trying to win right now. And so but Josh, don't you trust all the sabermetric magic? We uh, Chris Davis is going to have a lot more information than he did yeah, before. I do. That's why I said more than twenty-five home runs because I truly believe Chris Davis pulls it out and turns it around this season. It's just that what if that I I, I think through and try to process. Like I don't know. I think we went into last season so positive and things went so bad. That even if I'm a little bit positive this season, I've got to think through that. Well, what if? Because the what ifs, every single what if swung in a negative way last year. Yeah, I guess the good news is, I, I, see, I, I don't know, like maybe I was, I was going to say that we don't have any high first base prospects. But that's not true because in the majors, we have Trumbo and Mancini. Right. And... Chris Davis. So there is kind of a backlog at that first base and, spot. And we've got right, and we've got extra outfielders that could get play in time if we can move Trey Mancini out of the outfield. Yeah, but I think if you figure out a way to to move Mark Trumbo, then you have first base DH, Trey Mancini, Chris Davis, and you just plug them there for the next couple of years and they're not blocking anyone's spots. Yeah. Sure. As long as Davis is not like just dead. If Davis can hit the ball, great. But even if he's dead, like even if you just roll out his corpse to stand at the plate and just watch strike three all over and over again, who cares? I get the who cares, uh, except for him taking up the slot. But I guess if you're putting him then in like DH position, yeah, let Trey get his reps at first. Sure, you can do it for a year. 
I don't. Yeah, and then next off season we'll reevaluate if we want to use the corpse of Chris Davis again another year. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, some they. It, the nice thing for Davis is a whole new staff coming in. You can say more sabermetrics, but it's just more people uh, to look at him to help him. Hopefully, it's a fresh start for Chris Davis. Hey, you know, if Chris Davis didn't sign that huge deal, if he just signed like a uh, like a one or two year, three year deal. He would be out of baseball right now. Yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah, he wouldn't have. I mean, yeah, there's good baseball players right now without teams. He yes. would be maybe getting a minor league uh, a, a minor league uh, contract yeah. with a invitation to to show up at the roster. Right. He'd I mean, that's the best he would be do. Nolan Reimold. Yeah. Um, so good for him for signing a contract when he did. Good for yeah. him. Um, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna skip five and six because they're dumb questions. Number seven. Uh, which team do you think will sign Manny Machado? Uh, Padres. I think. I think. Uh, Ooh! I don't think going the dark horse. Yeah, I think when you look at Phillies are making a case. Uh, I don't think the Yankees are, and I look at well, Manny's going to want to be out in, in California. He's already been out there with LA. San Diego's not too far. I think. Uh, so why not just stick around with the Padres? The Padres are an up-and-coming team. I could see that. Is the White Sox deal still floating out there? That's, that's still an open possibility. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold with the White Sox. That's who I still think he'll go to. In my you know, it's, it's crazy. It's February, and the two best players still haven't signed. Like, this is messed up. Yeah, right. We're like weeks away from spring training. Um, hey, can I say something dumb? Yep. Yeah, if I if I was I mean, uh, Mike Elias time tonight, if I was Mike Elias, I would call Manny Machado's agent and give him a ten year, three hundred million dollar contract. Because if you think about it, if we want to compete in three years, what it'd be twenty nine in three right. years, still in the prime of his career. You got this yeah. shortstop slash third base position on lockdown, and that's one less thing to worry about. It's so hard to find a good shortstop. Let's worry about the rest of the positions. And in three years, when we're ready to really compete, we'll have our three-hitter shortstop Manchado on the team. For the next, you know, for, I mean, at that point, between nine, he can still play at the high level for five more years. Is that completely dumb to say? I I, I don't think it's that dumb, but I don't think Manny Machado is signing up for a team that uh, is going to be at the bottom of the standings for the next three to four years. I think he wants to go to a team that's going to compete. Do you think Machado's getting three hundred million? That's what I'm saying. I don't think he that's because yeah. teams are being so stingy. So what if you I, came I over the top and said, "Hey, here's three hundred million." I think that's he, not that much. No, it's not. And when you look at as far as total place, team payroll, we've talked about multiple times uh, throughout the season about how if the Orioles wanted to, they could afford Machado. Well, someone uh, posted that, and I forget who posted this on Twitter, um, but that the Orioles could sign this year Manny Machado. And Bryce Harper for thirty million a year, and still their salary would be lower than it was last year. Right? Yeah. Sure. Interesting. Um, I mean, you then have no other players on the team to play with, then. But yes. But yeah, well, you got to develop them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We. I mean, even with that team, we would still lose close to hundred games. Right. This is like the. Uh, right. This is like the NBA where you like. Well, if I sign LeBron, I don't need anyone else on the team. Yeah, right, it, it doesn't quite work that way in in baseball. 
So, Still but, but like in pitchers. It'd be all. It'd be very interesting to see how much of an impact can the top two guys in the game right now make on one team together with no one else. Can yeah, it I mean, we'll, around? It'd be a fun we, we stop. But then I do remember that we had Manny Machado last yes. year for most of the year. Yes. Yeah. But if you're circling 2021 as your year to compete, Manny Machado could be a part of that. But you would just waste the ninety million dollars from now till you know 2021 that you have to pay him to get to the that point. I don't know. It's stupid. It's not going to happen. But right. many, but many people would say it's worth wasting ninety million for a World Series. People, yeah, and like a lot more. And and when are you going to get another opportunity to sign a guy like Manny Machado? I don't know. Uh, um, no, but it's it's pro- it's probably stupid, but Manny Manny's getting a five year deal at most, I think. Oh, really? I, that's what my guess would be. I don't think. Which I I also don't understand why, as a player as good as Manny, you would want to sign a ten year deal. I get that for Chris Davis it worked out, but there's no way Manny Machado is turning into Chris Davis. Yeah, I agree. If I'm Manny Machado, if I was a pitcher, I would go for all the years in the world because their arms always fall off. But if I was Manny Machado, I know I had two bio knees that weren't breaking. I would do the three year. <laughs> give me three years for a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and, and let me years. do that three times. And that's the new. Isn't three years the next bargaining agreement? Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah so that's, that's perfect. And then stuff is going to change again anyway. Yeah. And then I want people assume that the players will have more of the cut, right? Then right. owners won't be stealing all the right. players' money like they exactly. are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Players will go on strike again in a couple of years, and then we'll players will get more money. I'm sick of these greedy owners. <laughs> hey. The, the Orioles payroll gets cut down to what it is. Um, that means the Orioles will have extra money that's not spending on players. What happens to that extra money? Uh, we build a stadium in Latin America. We um, Our budget's going to be like $80 million dollars less. We hire some analytical people. We um, hire a podcast to come do shows. I don't know. No, you, I'll tell you what you, happens. You're, you're going to spend all that same money, but you're spending it in the warehouse. You're buying some new bats no. for Chris Davis. No, you're, you're buying a, your eighth home in Beverly Hills for the Angeles boys to hang out on the weekend. The money's still getting spent on the team. It's going in somebody's pocket. Wi-Fi in the stadium? Yeah, tell me when that happens. I think they've announced that for this year. <laughs> uh, okay, um... What question are we on? Shoot. Um, I just asked about Manny Machado. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if uh, my opinion on this is I think Bryce Harper will sign with the Phillies. And if he does, then Manny will sign, I think, with the White Sox. Though I'm interested with the argument that the Phillies don't want Bryce Harper because they're saving their money for Mike Trout, which I think is a funny storyline. Um, <laughs> question like- number... Yeah, go ahead. I'd rather have Mike Trout. I'd, like, I'd take Mike oh, Trout. Of course. Yeah, but that's you have to wait, what, two or three years for that to happen. Right. Um, number eight. The Orioles are going to need someone. That's true. Which Oriole or Orioles will play in the 2019 All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to have at least Orioles one. plural? Alex Cobb? No way. That's it's not. Pick. No chance it's going to be a pitcher. Alex Cobb would need to have astounding starting pitching numbers for him to get uh, invited. Pitchers all the time. All right. Uh, Doesn't matter. There's no way an Orioles pitcher. It might be unless it's a reliever. It might be Trey's year. Not necessarily. 
whoever goes for the Orioles isn't going to earn their way there. They're going to get the Ty Wigginton pick. The yes. sympathy pick. Yes. Right. So I'd say maybe Trey, maybe Cedric. Don't know. VR, Jonathan VR. I don't even. Who's left in the pen? Anyone in there? Maybe, Maybe a Michael Tanner, Gibbons. Michael Gibbons. Tanner, Michael Tanner Gibbons. Scott would be interesting. If he could get some control this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Jonathan VR would be my guess. And I think Michael Gibbons is a good kind of backup. Um, which Oriole player is most likely to be traded at the deadline? Number nine. Oh, well, that's Alex Cobb. I mean, uh, I would say Michael Gibbons. Gibbons, I see Gibbons, but uh, Cobb's more of a guy who's not in your rebuild. I could see you saying we can keep Gibbons long term. Cobb's not a guy who's going to be here. Do they? You say at the trade deadline or just traded before the deadline? Trumbo before the deadline. Answer. That's what uh, I was going to say. Trumbo. I was going to say Trumbo because I could uh, see yeah. Trumbo coming out and putting up decent power numbers as long as he stays healthy, and then some other team might take him up uh, that is need of like a DH or something. Yeah, and we'll just give him away for like he's he's a classic player to be named later. Sure. Or cash considerations. International signing, international money that we won't spend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any chance that Dylan Bundy's a guy that could trade it? That he gets traded at the de- deadline? I mean, I he's think running out of to... years of arbitration here. He, he... Oh, I, I would have said no, but I also said no to Kevin Galsman. I yeah, think we would it's a similar case. Kevin Galsman, and we traded sure. him for crap. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we might. If it's longer than three years, yeah, we're going to trade Dylan Bundy. Yeah, Michael Elias has to decide, right? If, is Dylan Bundy a part of the future? Right. And Dylan sure. Bundy was not a Michael Elias guy. So you got to look at, not that we have these huge prospects in the wings, but you got to take a look at what type of uh, starting pitching do we have in that top 20 slots. Yeah, yeah. And so if, you're, if you want to compete in you know, four years, let's say, you either have to re-sign Dylan Bundy, for, you know, come in the second half of his career, or continue to go younger. So that could be an interesting one. Or you buy the mm-hmm. arms. Um. No, last question. This is dumb, but I'll ask it anyway. Number 10, which Rule 5 pick Richie Martin or Drew Jackson has the best chance to be with the club on opening day? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe Richie Martin because he was drafted first in the Rule 5 draft, so maybe that's they thought he was better than Drew Jackson, who I think was like fifth or something. Um. What about uh, I, just another question to throw out there that wasn't in the article? Yeah. Uh, number number one overall pick is Bobby Wood Jr. A foregone conclusion, or is there something else uh, we're looking at there? Yeah, there's another guy, uh, Coucher. What's his name? Um, who just um, who has emerged? Not just emerged, but over the past uh, couple months emerged as another uh, possibility for that number one pick. So I, I think it's still an open question now: Is Bobby with the guy? Sure. That'll be something to keep an eye on and when that draft comes around I, I, in the middle I of the season. I think they go for a pitcher. Got a pitcher last draft. Yeah. Number one. but Yeah, I, I, not, I don't think they're going to go with the pitcher because they're going to go with one of the top two guys. They're going to go with this guy, Aldi Rushman, who's a catcher, or they're going to go with Bobby Wood Jr. Right. Bobby I mean, Wood I'm Jr. looking right now at the top. Sense. I'm looking at the top prospects for the coming draft and the top five. I'm sorry, top six are position players. 
So I assume they'll take from those top six of position players um, and not go for a pitcher. But what do I know? Yeah, I I'm, and that's Michael Elias's. That's supposed to be Michael Elias's kind of forte, right? When, when is the draft? draft? It should be coming up, right? June. No, it's in like June. it's in the uh-huh. middle of the season. Yeah, uh, I like. I would like to see uh, drafting a position player more than a pitcher, only because I and I don't know if this is true or not, but just from mm-hmm. my own point of view, position players may tend to move up in the ranks a little quicker than a pitcher will. Especially someone taken so young, uh, just coming out of high school or something. But, you know, like even Hunter right. Harvey's been, we drafted him four or five years ago, and he still just made a bullpen appearance sitting in the in the bullpen, didn't even pitch. Um, whereas guys uh, like Scope or Machado or any of those position players we draft, if they're good, they're going to move up a lot quicker than a pitcher will. Maybe. Of course, then there was Kevin Galsman. Galsman came up pretty quick, but he, he had college under his belt. He was Bundy, a college arm, yeah. Bundy came up real fast but got hurt as well. Yeah, I think the big factor is pitchers are more susceptible and have a higher risk of injury, right? right. And that's really yeah. what can slow down their journey to, to, to the majors. Right. I was trying, um, to, totally. I was trying to think, and I <laughs> the real truth comes down to, I don't know if the Orioles minor leagues are better at producing fielders or pitchers. Or like position players, pitchers, uh, they seem to be okay with bats, but then the guys can't play the field. I don't know what we do good in our farm system for what to root for. Well, so far from what we've seen, I think it's pretty obvious the farm system is better at producing position players than pitchers. Is it? Why? Because who have we produced? Who, Who have we produced on the infield? Machado? Machado and Scope. That's two to zero so far. You could argue Mancini too. And you could argue we have a crop. You a crop of outfielders ready to go, ready to go, and and, and Austin right. Hayes pitchers, and DJ Stewart kind of on the cusp. Pitchers would be Gosman and Bundy, and uh, Britton. The best closer in the history of baseball, but Zach Britton. Uh, Givens. I mean, didn't we develop Givens? He was a shortstop. We drafted him as a shortstop. Right. Turn him into a pitcher and developed him. That's true. Yeah. So I, I don't. We're good at relievers. That's our forte, relievers. I was looking up. Yeah. yeah like, I, I don't know. I was looking up another friend of the show, Alex Murphy, to try to see, like, where's he at on this development? And yeah. he's listed as, like, this, like, uh, not he's not, like, a top prospect, but he's this, like, other, like, hidden prospect that might be able to make moves. But he's still in high single A, and he's been with the Orioles for five yeah. years. It takes a while to get through these minors. Unless you're a superstar, yeah, it, it, yeah, you're a superstar. <laughs> right? Right, and that's the thing is, there's no one in our organization, and Bobby Witt Jr. as well. None of these guys are Manny Machado. Well, and that's why everyone says it's going to be three or four years, right? Because you have to match from the time they draft him. Even that, like, if you right. draft Bobby that's, Witt Jr., he's what nineteen? He's not. Yeah. yeah, Machado was three years till he came up, right? And that was, I, I think it was three years. Now, and and he was, was like track. exceptional. Yeah, right. you're talking three. If you're if you're serious about winning in three years, it's with guys who are in the farm system now. Absolutely, it has to be. It you're looking, yeah. Bobby Wood Jr. might be your September call up in 2022. Right, he's a guy who might get a spring invite, but a, a dark horse. Yeah. So, um, and Michael I- and Michael I said that all the time, right? He said that he likes some people in this farm system. Right. Um, he just has to though, let us know how many or who. 
Though, don't tell that to Keith Law, who ranked the Orioles farm system as last. Did he rank it last? That's I what we I saw. In the middle. Most, like, Fangraphs has us like 20. But Keith Law, Oriole hater, had us last. <laughs> known hater? He, he's an Oriole hater. Known Oriole hater. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a known Oriole hater. He, as he, the, the, the beef goes way back with, with him. You, you see that news guy in Pittsburgh who got fired because under the Tom Brady thing he had a when they were doing their report on the super bowl underneath it it said tom brady known cheater oh really (laughs) i liked all the speculation of when sean payton was being interviewed at the super bowl did did he have a goodell clown shirt on underneath his polo oh did you know that good goodell clown shirt yeah i think he was wearing the barstool shirt yeah, the bar still. Well, that was, that was the big debate because yeah. it looked like it. I, it I guess like it, he, I think he didn't he did. take his polo shirt off to show everybody, but it right. looked like it. I think he was. I think he knew <laughs> what he was doing. I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm tired of the barstool guys. Um, barstool guys. I like to call them the barstool thugs. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of. Oh, let's sneak in without without press passes and go get news coverage, and it'll just be a laugh. When like if a normal person does that, if we sneak into the Super Bowl. It's not like it's a big deal. So yeah, I don't really get it. They remind me of some of my high schoolers, right? Um, but they're like grown men, so I, I don't really right. get it. They're, they're grown men acting very immature, and yet also want to be treated as reporters and given the access of reporters. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Get it. I blocked them on Twitter like two years ago because I didn't get them two years ago. I still right. don't get them now. Oh no, actually, I do get them, and that's why I blocked them because I do get what they're about, and they're not what, about what I'm about. So right. I get it. Yeah. All right. Um, that was good. We covered some ground, boys. We covered Super Bowl. We talked about the awesome commercials. Uh, talked about Ed Reed Hall of Fame. Got some Orioles talk. It was a full show here. I'm worn out. Yeah. Not bad for a Monday night in February. <laughs> yeah. Next week we'll get into some more Orioles talk. Yeah. This uh, starts it. This is the Oriole push. So tell your friends. Get excited for. Uh, at least the next three years of Oriole baseball. We're going to be uh, talking a lot of Orioles and a lot of prospects. We've got to get to know these young guys. Yeah, there's a lot of new names to talk about that's going to be uh, big parts of the future Orioles. Yep. And we'll have that all that covered for you here on Section 336. Sounds good. Uh, like us on Facebook, iTunes, leave us a review, all that good stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Do one of those things because you totally disappointed us in the Loop League picks. Oh my gosh, we didn't talk about Loop League, yeah. but I totally crushed it. You did. <laughs> I, I, I destroyed everyone. I it wasn't even close. But very, very disappointed in our listeners not signing up for that. It was a uh, lot of fun. Yeah. They just disappointed me. Oh, that's, yeah, you guys were a bunch of strawberries. But I just, I just bet the <laughs> under on everything, and that was a good move for me. That was good. Yeah, I, 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 I stupidly. Yeah, I picked a what uh, for an exciting outcome and got the complete opposite. I picked seventy-two total <laughs> not points, me. not nine or whatever it was. Uh, anyway, follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show at Section Three Three Six Show. You can follow me at Section Three Three Six. You can follow Josh at Josh Roca. And you follow Bert at Bert Rody. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.